Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good morning. This is uh, Jeremy Evans with the Believe in Sports Law podcast. Today is Monday, August 12th. And uh, we're doing something a little bit special today, and we'll do this throughout the uh, uh, through the first season and going into the, the seasons down the road. But we have a special guest this morning, a dear friend and a colleague of mine, probably one of the nicest guys and most professional guys that I know, uh, and somebody that I, I love to do business with and love to hang out with, a good family man. Uh, and uh, without further ado, his name's Deedon Brazino. He is the Chief Development Officer at the Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation. And uh, so, Deedon, uh, let you introduce yourself a little bit, maybe talk about uh, your background and where you went to school and how you landed at the Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation and what you currently do there. Sure. Hey, good morning, Jeremy, and, and thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, this is uh, an industry-leading podcast, and I'm very, very thankful that, that you thought of the Rose Bowl and you thought of me personally as a friend. I, I've had the opportunity to know you for, for years, and, you know, the, the sentiments that you gave are, are humbling, but they're also mutual, and, and uh, congratulations on all your success and the success of this podcast. But, um, but yeah, you know, I, I've been in Pasadena for, for about four years now, um, prior to that, I was at Long Beach State, uh, the number two in their athletic department. Um, I was on track to be an athletic director and, and, and lead a Division One intercollegiate athletic department, and that was really my my goal. Um, little Pennsylvania kid from a, from a town of about three thousand people back in eastern Pennsylvania, born and raised. Um, went to a small Division One school back there, played some collegiate baseball, and screwed up my shoulder and, and realized that that you know competing in athletics wasn't really in the cards for me, but competing in life and, and competing in business, you know, soon showed itself. And that's, that's really what, what scratched my itch as I moved forward. So, um, thankfully I, I met a beautiful young lady in college and, and we're, we're happily married to this day. And, and we moved out to California together years ago to start my career at Long Beach state where I got my master's degree in sport management. And, uh, and then I moved on to the Rose bowl about four years ago. So, very, very thankful to be at the Rose Bowl. You know, the Rose Bowl Stadium, um, it, it's hosted so many iconic events in, in almost 100 years. We're, we're almost 100 years old here uh, shortly, coming up in 2022. And we've hosted two Olympics. We're already confirmed for the third Olympics in 2028 when it comes back to L.A. Um, we've had two World Cups with potentially a third coming in 2026 as a part of that bid. Um, and five Super Bowls, the home of the UCLA Bruins since 1982, and, and of course the the January 1st granddaddy of them all, which, which is America's New Year celebration, and, and brings all the eyeballs from around the country, you know, from the Midwest to, to back where I grew up in Eastern Pennsylvania and, and, and Penn State country. So, you know, it, it's really really humbling to work here at the Rose Bowl Stadium, just because it's it's a brand that is bigger than than me. It's bigger than anybody on the staff and. For us to kind of soldier on through every day and and uh, you know really protect and steward that brand is really something special for us that we don't take lightly. And for me, you know, just kind of looking in the mirror, you, you said I'm a family man. I got two young kids, happily married, and you know, there's there's days, Jeremy, that I, I look in the mirror and kind of feel a little bit like a turtle on a fence post. Not quite sure how I got here, but no, I had a little bit of help to get up on that fence post, you know, and. <laughs> And uh, it's up to me to kind of balance that life and balance the, the workload here at the Rose Bowl. And very, very thankful to have the staff we have here to, to learn from and collaborate with and 
and uh, get mentorship from. So um, it's been quite the ride, and, and I look forward to another 30, 40 years of, of, of a growing career that, you know, frankly, I'm addicted to. So um, I appreciate the opportunity to be on with you today. Oh, thanks, Dean. That was good. Uh, a good background there. Um, a lot of similarities there, and we've talked about that over the over the years. We've known each other in terms of our love for baseball and love for sports. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about some of the things that you do uh, for the Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation, and um, and maybe then moving into some of the challenges uh, and opportunities that you see coming forward for for your group there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand the, the Rose Bowl has, has a charity. It's, it's a nonprofit organization, the Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation, that I have the opportunity to, to steward and collaborate on, on the day-to-day efforts with my colleagues, Brian and Danny and Lauren and, and Ashley, and, of course, learn from, from our CEO, Daryl Dunn, who's been here for 20-plus years. And um, it's a very interesting philanthropic organization you know the, the the mission and we were founded in 2010 and the mission of the legacy foundation is to preserve protect and enhance the future of the stadium uh we're, we're one of four national historic landmark stadiums in the country it's us the la coliseum um harvard and, and yale and you know with that status as a historical landmark uh which essentially shows reverence to its history um there, there's a lot of responsibility with that so Capital improvements at the Rose Bowl Stadium essentially don't get done if the Legacy Foundation doesn't find new supporters to to help drive it, its its philanthropic spirit. And um, you know, we're not a church, we're not a hospital, we we don't necessarily have an alumni base, but we're we're a chapel to over 100 million people that have visited us since 1922 when our gates opened. And and that's a very very special cause for us because we feel the stadium and the events that the stadium has had and and the 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 attributes that it's taught society about leadership and ethics and equality and taking risk and failing. I mean, all these great events that we've had have, have really tailored uh, a historical heartbeat of the Rose Bowl that stands for something a little bit deeper than, than just a, a venue that hosts these, these iconic concerts and soccer matches and football games and, and flea markets and et cetera, et cetera. And, and um, that's what makes the foundation special is we, we have a donor base that, gets behind us in a very, very big way and, and helps us really make sure that this place is protected and enhanced for the next generation of fans, which you know, might not know us for the Rose Bowl game and might not know us for the flea market and might not know us for the, the history that we have, but they might know us for the BTS concert or the upcoming Rolling Stones concert. There's a generation that we're, we're communicating with right now that doesn't know the Rose Bowl for having this historical New Year's Day football game or having these incredible you know, uh, lineage of, of concerts and soccer matches and World Cups and Olympics. They know us for what's current, and it's up to the foundation to really tap into that along collaboratively, of course, with, with the stadium staff. But you know, I think that's the unique thing, Jeremy, and the, and the challenge is that the public might not um, recognize about the stadium is, you know, we're, we're, municip- we're, we're owned by the city of Pasadena, so we're a municipally owned stadium, one of the only one of those kinds left in, left in the country. Um, the Orange Bowl was that way, and the Orange Bowl uh, had a wrecking ball come come meet it, and it no longer exists. So, you know, we we certainly don't want to get go down that road. And and thankfully, the stadium is more vibrant than we've ever been before. Um, the challenges that that we face on a day to day basis is, you know, the the Los Angeles marketplace is more competitive than it's ever been. There's uh, a new stadium going up over in Englewood that that's going to host the Rams and the Chargers and the NFL, um, and has already gotten the green light for Super Bowls and, and Final Fours and 
you know, the LA Coliseum's getting renovated. There, there's countless beautiful music venues in town. So the LA market is, is a hot market and it always has been, but I think now it's, it's probably the most competitive time frame that, that it's ever seen in terms of competing for dollars and competing for events. And, um, you know, we, we see ourselves as an A-list venue and, and we want to continue to keep it that way. And even though we have these, these big events like the Rolling Stones coming up in a couple of weeks and we just had Team USA with their homecoming match after their, their World Cup championship, um, you know, the, those revenue pies get split in many, many different ways. And frankly, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a public venue that's owned by the city of Pasadena. We own and operate it every day. And, um, you know, in today's world, unfortunately, we're, we're a soft target when it comes to looking at things from a, from a standpoint of, of counterterrorism and security and, and making it safe for our, our, uh, our patrons. And, and, and then on top of it all, making sure that they have a good time when they get here. And we take that very, very seriously. So, um, you know, I think the biggest challenge, Jeremy, long, long, long story to make it short, summarize it is, you know, our, our costs, just like any venue in America are going up every day um, because of, of the society that, that we're dealing with and, and, the, and the changes that we're dealing with um, socially. And, um, you know, we, we want to make sure it continues to be a memorable time for our guests and, and they have a fun time when they're here and there's no worries. And, and with that comes rising expenses and, and ultimately um, a little bit lower net revenues. And, and, and that makes the work that the Legacy Foundation does just that, that much more important because if we are going to get better, it's imperative that, that we get donors to support what we're doing and get behind this place that, that has meant so much to so many and, and is a little bit unique in terms of nonprofit status, not being a, a typical university or, or a hospital or a church, but something that people care very, very deeply about. Well, well thanks, Dean. That's awesome. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I've been to the Rose Bowl uh, for UCLA football games uh, when I was an undergrad there. Um, I've obviously been there for different events. I mean, I've been there, I was there for the OTS concert. Uh, I've been there for Billy Graham sermons, you know, so <laughs> it's definitely, yeah. run the, it's run the <laughs> gamut, you know. Um, if you could talk a little bit about the 1922 locker room and then the Jackie Robinson statute, and then um, uh, maybe even the uh, women's national soccer team, I believe there was a new, um, uh, statue that just came in for that. Maybe talk a little about that to give some context to uh, uh, some of the work that you guys do there. Yeah, you know the the Rose Bowl is. is I, I referenced briefly earlier that it's a chapel to so many people over the years, and you know, in, in that same regard, we're, we're somewhat of a walking museum. And, and I use museum loosely because I don't want us to feel old, and, and we're not old. I mean, we're our, our CEO likes to call us the modern elder, you know, it's, it's kind of like this whole Airbnb wave, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't around and now it's all the rage and, and it's all people do when they travel. And, and, um, that, that CEO, that owner of Airbnb was able to gentrify that company and make it feel younger and make it relevant. Um, and, and he's an older guy and he surrounds himself with, with younger people. And, and I feel like here at the Rose Bowl, you know, we're kind of the modern elder of, the sports venue world, not, not just nationally, but globally. I mean, we, there's no other venue in the world that can lay claim to two world cups and two Olympic games, let alone a third of each, which we're heading towards. And you know, there's a lot to be said about that. Um, just looking at our, our social media statistics last night with our marketing manager uh, who, who does an excellent job. I mean, she was, she was sharing some of the different nationalities and, and, and languages that, that our followers speak and, and where they live. And it was just, mind-blowing in, in a very exciting way 
you know, some of some of our biggest followers for the flea market, which hasn't missed a month in 50 years, and is arguably the biggest flea market in America, our, our biggest followers for the flea market are, are in Australia. And so it truly is a global melting pot type of a venue. And, you know, we, we want to showcase that, edu- you know, educationally when, when people visit and patrons visit. So we've kind of treated the Rose Bowl Stadium as a walking museum of sorts, where we've taken these, these original vintage spaces like the two original locker rooms that were used in the 1920s by the likes of Newt Rockney and Pop Warner and Alabama football won their first national title out of one of these rooms. They were, they were used in the 1920s and we've turned them into to makeshift museums with, with artifacts and, and a wagon wheel from when the stadium was built in 1922 for only $272,000 at the time. And um, it, it's just a beautiful, beautiful space. And, as you walk around the venue, we're slowly adding through the, the generosity of our donors, of course, we're slowly adding um, different touch points. Um, you mentioned the Jackie Robinson statue um, that went up in 2017. Um, we just put up a statue on July 10th on the 20th anniversary of the match, but uh, of Brandy Chastain and the 1999 Team USA World Cup champions. Um, we're putting up a statue of Keith Jackson in the, in the next year. Um, we want people to come here and regardless of what gate they come through or what tunnel they enter in to get to their seats or wherever they go to buy their hot dog or, or, or move about the stadium during their four or five hours with us, we want them to leave with a different type of an educational experience. There's so much to be told here and, and there's so much heritage to be protected. Um, and, and, you know, we, we can't forget about our past, but we have to use it as a leverage point, a pivot point to strengthen our future. And, and make it brighter. And that's what we're trying to do around this venue through those different spaces. And, and of course the statues are all outside the gate. They can be viewed 365 days a year, 24 <clears> seven. Um, the, uh, the museum space that you talked about, Jeremy, that can be viewed on, on a game day. Um, if they contact us directly or through our stadium tour program, which they can learn more about it at rosebowlstadium.com and, and click on the tours link. Um, but you know, there, there's so much to be said. You and I could talk forever and ever. I mean, did you know, that that and I think you know now because I think he beat your Bruins in, in in the first the first time here. But Peyton Manning, the first college snap that he took as a collegiate quarterback as a true freshman was at the Rose Bowl in September of 1994. And that that's something you know we're not necessarily going to put a statue up for that, but we're going to recognize that with some sort of historical marker in the venue. And because we feel that's a piece of information that people need to know about and walk away enlightened about and excited about because. Peyton Manning, as great as he is as, as a human, as great as he is, was as, as a football player, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer coming up, you know, he, he took his first snaps collegiately at the Rose Bowl. Keith Jackson was on the call, and, you know, Keith infamously said, hey, you're checking into the game is Peyton Manning. Get used to it. And, and, and to think about what that comment meant in that moment didn't really mean a whole lot. But here we are 25 years to that day, almost, in a month, uh, 25th anniversary of Peyton's first college snap, and it was right here. You know, um, Brandy Chastain, that iconic left-footed kick that she hit in the 99 World Cup before she tore off her jersey in celebration, that was the only left-footed kick she ever kicked in her career uh, competitively. And a lot of people, until we dedicated that statue last month on the 20th anniversary of that moment, a lot of people didn't know that that kick happened at the Rose Bowl. You know, they, they, they knew the kick. They've seen the image. It's burned in their brain. But they haven't. they didn't know it happened here. And yeah, I think, you know, going back to my earlier comments about how the Rose Bowl brand is bigger than all of us, it's up to us to kind of steward that brand and make it more important to the people that visit us and continue the relevancy that those moments have had, because we're going to continue to author those moments 
as we go on. Just just like this past weekend with uh, Team USA coming back and doing their, their their homecoming match here at the stadium against Ireland. I mean, those are the big moments that we're known for. We'll continue to be known for that. Um, unfortunately, there's only so many of those big moments to be had, and, and that's why the role of the Legacy Foundation continues to, to grow in, in, in its importance. And um, you know, we're very, very thankful for the opportunity that our donors have given us to, to really um, amplify those, those key moments around our venue so that people can enjoy them each and every day. Oh, thanks, Deaton. Got me uh, getting some chills there talking about those moments. Um, I just have one request. Can we make sure that that Peyton Manning statue is not as big as the other ones? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're, we're gonna put we're gonna put Peyton we're gonna put Peyton on a historical marker. He won't be a statue, but you know he he deserves his his, uh, his reverence in, in, in that moment. But uh, you know, there, there there was plenty of UCLA moments going up too, and and you know not not to be uh slighted at, at all i mean we've, we've been the very happy home of ucla football since 1982 and when, when chancellor chuck young moved this year and and you know many you know chancellor blocks done such a great job over there and, and but chancellor young um going back to the the 25 or 30 or so years that he was at ucla really put ucla on that that top tier of, of universities nationwide and now chancellor block and his team have, have really elevated it to arguably the top public university in, in america and and uh, for us to, to say that we're the home stadium for UCLA since 1982 and will continue to be that for, for the next couple of decades, you know, it gives us a lot of pride. And, and they've had a lot of big moments here as well. And, and, and we hope they continue. And, and with kickoff here in a couple of weeks, we, we're excited for the upcoming year and, and what, what the Bruins football team means to the, the, the lifeblood of the stadium. Well, that's good, Dean. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, Vince Scully used to say, uh, don't be a homer, meaning – uh, don't, don't root for the home team. And so obviously facetiously, I was, I mean, I love Peyton Manning and, and, uh, and love all sports, but, um, you said something earlier about the Rose Bowl being a chapel and you reminded me of one of my favorite movies for the love of the game with, uh, Kevin Costner and, yep. and Vince Scully is the announcer in that game. And he talks about a guy named Billy Chapel and sort of it being his cathedral. And it's funny cause I think of the Rose Bowl in that same way, uh, and in terms of that, just maybe we'll do three more questions. Um, the the next one is, you know, one of the challenges that you guys had was naming of uh, the Rose Bowl. You know, like a lot of stadiums, like, for example, this new Las Vegas stadium uh, for the Raiders. I believe yep. I believe Allegiant Air is going to be the stadium, uh, the, the, the named sort of partner in that. Sort of what challenges do you face with regard to an iconic um, venue like the Rose Bowl and, and naming rights and that sort of thing? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we, I wouldn't necessarily call it a challenge. We just have to find an alternative, you know, resolution, you know, it, it, and, and thank you for asking the question because it, it, it's a point worth talking about and, and really makes what the Legacy Foundation does even more critical to the future of the Rose Bowl. Because the, the Rose Bowl, as many people know, and, and for those of you that haven't been, you know, take take a look around the next time you come. This isn't a minor league ballpark. This isn't an NFL stadium. There's there's very limited amounts of commercial advertising around the Rose Bowl, and and we have a great um, a great marketing team that sells our sponsorships with IMG Learfield College, and and they do an incredible job. But the limitations of the Rose Bowl being as classy as it has always been is is we don't want to really. Um, commercial over commercialize ourselves you know we we know the revenue could be there if we went after it we know that if we if we went and sold our our uh, our soul to you know said company 
we could name the bowl. Um, but you know, th- this stadium is owned by the city of Pasadena and, and the city and, and the area revere what, what it means to the, to the area. And so we would never do that. We would never sell naming rights. We would never explore it. So we, we have to look at other ways to monetize the stadium. And, and that's where the philanthropy angle comes in through the legacy foundation. Um, back in 2017, we were fortunate enough to get a, a key gift from a, a philanthropist in uh, the Palo Alto area. Who's a UCLA graduate, uh, Mr. Todd speaker. Uh, and he and his wife, Kathy generously named, the Rose Bowl field. Um, so their, their, their pin letter names are, are down on the hedges, our iconic hedges that line the east and west sides of the field. And, and uh, Mr. Speaker gave us a generous $10 million contribution to, to do that. And, uh, you know, that's one of those alternatives that instead of naming the bowl for said company, like, like an Allegiant or even like the United Airlines debacle over at the Coliseum, that's, you know, we know there's more money to be had there, but we, that's not, our heartbeat. That's not what we do. That's not what we want to explore. We want to find alternative routes and, you know, it might make our bid, our business model a little bit more fragile um, than, than it could be. Um, but we, we accept and, and honor that fragility because we, we, we like the space we're in and we want to continue to keep the Rose Bowl, this, this bright, shiny, relevant, clean, classy venue that it is. And that's where these other projects like the statues and the field naming and the tunnel namings and the, the Peyton Manning historical marker, all these things come into play because it gives donors an opportunity not just to help bless the venue with, with some generosity and some gifts that can help our bottom line to make the thing the, the, the thing go a little bit better and a little quicker, but they're also in the same respect of their gift. They're, they're allowing us to, uh, to improve the venue and put up these, these key educational heritage monuments that are going to allow people to learn more when they visit from us. So and uh, again, I, I'm very long-winded in my answers, but it's because I'm, I'm very passionate about um, this place and, and what we do. And, um, you know, that's something that the Rosewell will never explore, but th- there's alternative routes to everything. And, and for us, it's through philanthropy and through the Legacy Foundation. Well, that's good stuff, Deaton. And, and and by the way, I don't mind the long-winded answers. I actually enjoy them. So it's good stuff. <laughs> and it makes my that's job good. easier. So, um, all right. So two last questions. I know you're a busy man. Can you talk a little bit about the um, the really cool relationship between the Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation, the Rose Bowl, um, the Rose Bowl Parade, and the city of Pasadena, and sort of how that all comes together every year, and what your involvement is with that? Yeah, so our, our best partner in all this is the Pasadena Tournament of Roses. Um, it's, it's arguably the largest volunteer organization in the country uh, with, with over 900, almost 1,000 members, and, and they, they occupy the Wrigley Mansion up here on Orange Grove Boulevard, which is right near the, the beginning of the parade route. And for anybody that's never taken a tour of the Wrigley Mansion, I, I highly, highly recommend it. it it's, uh, it's such a, a neat historic place, much like the Rose Bowl, um, but, but has its own individualized history in its own right uh, prior to the tournament of roses taking it over and since they've been in there they've done a tremendous job just highlighting you know the, the space and and what they do in there but um, our, our best and biggest partner since day one um, and they actually built this stadium for us so it has been the tournament of roses and um, we, we can't we certainly can't take any credit they, they put on that beautiful rose parade that we see every new year's day they put on the beautiful granddaddy in the mall that we see every new year's day including the the B2 bomber stealth flyover. I mean, they we're, we're just uh, the operators of that event in, in, in partnership with them. And, and we're thankful to be able to have that event as an offering for our constituent base and, and the patrons that, that flock to, to Pasadena and Los Angeles to see that event each and every year. I, I think to this day, um, 
it, it, it's the highest economic impact event in Los Angeles in any calendar year is that Rose Bowl game, Rose Parade time frame. And, and um, you know, that, that game has been a sellout since the 1940s. And, it, and it's a testament to those volunteer members at the Tournament of Roses that really drive that home. So, you know, with, with what we do in the Legacy Foundation, we work with the, the Tournament of Roses frequently because a lot of the projects we do not only impact their history by, by us being able to highlight it, like, um, you know, the Keith Jackson statue that's going up, you know, Keith broadcasted the most Rose Bowl games of any announcer um, in, in history. I think it was 15 and he nicknamed the granddaddy of them all. That statue will, will bear the Tournament of Roses logo and it will also be located in a, in a shared space, our brick plaza in front of the front gate that, that we share with the Tournament of Roses. So that, that's a project that directly impacts them, but even more so, um, you know, keeping those constant lines of communication open are, is, is critical because the money that the Legacy Foundation raises ultimately goes to capital projects at the stadium that positively influences the experience for the Rose Bowl game and UCLA football, whether that's a new lighting project, expansion of tunnels, making the venue safer, um, all the money that we raise and that benefit is the, the venue and, and ultimately the, the tenants of our venue, which is primarily the Tournament of Roses and UCLA. So um, that's kind of the way that the partnership works and, and the, the the marriage works there. And we're, we're incredibly thankful for what they've given us through the, the providing of that game and that parade to the community each and every year. And, and thankfully we get to, you know, quote unquote work that event you know any day you get to say i got to go to work and you're going to a team usa soccer match or a ucla football game or to to watch the b2 flyover in person before uh before kickoff is a, is a fun day at quote unquote work you know and um you know I, I think you know jeremy i don't know if you've ever been to a, a rose bowl game or not but there, there's this moment this really cool moment for about three minutes after the coin toss and you know they, they cut to commercial break so everybody in the stadium's waiting to come back for kickoff so they flip the coin and figure out who, who's receiving who's kicking off and and uh, then for about three minutes we'll learn commercial break it's 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 some i'm getting chills thinking about it it's one of the most cool moments in sports so it's almost like going to a game seven because everybody in the stadium all ninety five thousand, think they're going to win the game and because it, and, and it's this fever pitch and it's this beautiful ambiance of of fan partnership there's no there's no dissension there's no argumentation they're they're everybody is so excited to be here because they traveled from state college ann arbor uh seattle wherever their teams are coming from and for those three minutes everybody thinks they're going to win and i think that's the that's the the characterization that the the tournament of roses has created through over 105 rose bowl games now 106 rose bowl games that is special to everybody across the country and we we just thankfully get to see it firsthand where we can touch it smell it feel it sense it and, um, you know, without that game, our, our, our heartbeat dies a little bit. So we're, we're very thankful for that moment every year. That's awesome, Deaton. Again, I got chills just hearing about that. And um, I've obviously been at some games with you before, and it's just, it's just such a beautiful venue. Um, so last question, Deaton, is, um, you know, obviously it's it, the Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation is a nonprofit, and, you know, your role as chief development officer is, you know, to, I mean, you know, number one, keep, keep folks happy, but to also bring in revenue and try to continue the, the, the essential, not to, you know, pardon the pun, but the legacy of the Rose Bowl and, and to keep sort of it, it, it as a, a well-funded, um, you know, historical landmark. So one of the things that um, I'd love to talk about is, 
you know, the criminal code in California with regard to the 50-50 raffles. And yeah. one of them was this idea that, and you and I actually worked on this a little bit together, was this idea that uh, the criminal code was, was carved out uh, by the California legislature and it allowed for sports venues, professional sports venues in the state to hold 50-50 raffles where 50% of the, the, the money that comes in from the patrons who purchase tickets goes to the winner of that raffle and the other 50% goes to the charity. So talk about the, the Rose Bowl sort of uh, role or lack of role in there. And I think the term that that we had come up with was legislative purgatory. And so, uh, maybe so so maybe maybe talk about a little bit about that, and then uh, we'll we'll close with that. Yeah, no. The the essentially in summary, you know, there, there's a bill in the state of California, and 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 now part of the California Constitution. I, I think it's Article Nine, Section Nineteen. Um, where, where they authorize eligible organizations as defined by the legislature to conduct raffles as a funding mechanism. Um, and, and it's really in, in direct address to nonprofits. And a couple of years ago, going back to, to 2017, 2018, and you and I were, were thankful to, we, were, we, were, we partnered on, on the research on this and, and looked at it together. Um, when, when the bill, which was AB 888, um, initially passed, it really only applied to professional sports teams in, in the state. So the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Golden State Warriors, the Lakers, the Kings. So when you go to any of these games, you know, you see this 50-50 raffle total just kind of tallying up on the screen and, and 50% goes to the charity, whether it's the Dodgers Foundation or the Lakers Foundation. And the other 50% goes to, to Jeremy Evans and Deedon Brazino. And you and I haven't won that yet, but it's coming. Um, but, but, and, and it's a great mechanism because by you know they'll, they'll raise thirty five forty thousand dollars on on an evening and um, we 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 knew that that bill had a sunset date of December thirty first twenty eighteen so um, we worked with a lobbying group locally to to really try to get ourselves inserted in that because you know as you well know Jeremy and, and for the listeners out there um, you know the Rose Bowl Stadium is, is you know we're a college football stadium without uh, but we're not attached to a university and. Uh, we've hosted professional events, but we're not a professional stadium. So we're kind of in this gray area purgatory, so to speak, of, of, of application to that, that bill. And, um, you know, we were trying to find a way in that. Unfortunately, that, that sunset date got extended from December 31st, 2018, now for another five years until January 1st, 2024. And, and that'll essentially allow eligible nonprofit organizations like the ones I mentioned to, uh, that, that are affiliated with various professional sports teams to can, Continue conducting those raffles, and and uh, you know, unfortunately, the Rose Bowl wasn't able to get involved in that because that that could have been a very helpful fundraising tool for us moving forward with the, the major events that we have, like the soccer events and the concerts and things. And and uh, you know, unfortunately, the, the California Senate and, and some of the others involved in that uh, just wanted to continue that that sunset date and, and extend the deal instead of rewriting it with, with us in it. So. You know, it's something we tried, and, and, and I got to respect our lawmakers and, and the people that that are, are lobbying for us, and, and the people that that helped uh, get that done, because it is a great service to those those professional sports organizations, and you know, it's one that we felt we should have been included in. But I but I also respect the ruling and, and where we sit. But you know, that, that's kind of our world, Jeremy. You know, we're we're trying to find different ways to generate revenue. You know, the, the, the stadium does a great job generating revenue through premium ticket sales, ticket sales in general, sponsorship sales. We have a, a, a tremendous minor events department that does over 200 minor events a year. 
And of course, our, our chief revenue officer stewards those major events, those, those 15 major events that we know and love every year from the football games to, to the concerts and the soccer matches. And, you know, um, unfortunately, it's not enough. We need to continue to find ways that generate revenue that protect this place and enhance it for, for the future. I want my kids to grow up and experience it the same way that I did. And, and I, I know you do as well. And, um, you know, we, we got to find those ways. And that 50-50 raffle was an interesting one because it, it could have helped us um, incrementally increase some philanthropic revenues with, with our different major events. But, um, you know, it just wasn't in the cards and the assembly didn't see it as, as such. And, and um, you know, we'll, we'll move onward and continue to explore new things. But um, thanks for bringing that up. That was, that was an interesting experience for us, for sure. No, my pleasure, Deaton. And it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And I mean, I just remember so many great memories, uh, even going back to when I used to work for the law firm Quinn Emanuel. And uh, every summer we would have the Rose Bowl party on the field there. And, um, you know, I remember growing up playing baseball like you. Uh, I got to about 15 years old and realized I couldn't hit a curveball. So my career ended pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't hit I couldn't hit the fastball either. But that, that's a different story. But uh, I could run pretty fast. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should have become a sprinter. Um, but I remember uh, one of my highlights was was uh, throwing a touchdown pass on the on the on the field. Of course, I'm playing against you know uh, people ranging from 10 years old to 50 years old. So I mean, you know, competition was not like the greatest. But anyway, hey, a, touch, a, a touchdown is a touchdown, Jeremy. You got to you got to repurpose that story a little bit and, right. and, and tell it a little better. Right. <laughs> no, hey, totally. There's no pictures on the box score. It just matters that you scored, you know? That's right. Everybody knows I scored the winning touchdown. So, <laughs> um, but no, but no, you mentioned, you mentioned Quinn Emanuel and I, I, I do want to give a quick shout out because Quinn Emanuel means a lot to, to the Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation to this day. Um, John Quinn, who, who is uh, the namesake of the firm, one of the namesakes of the firm and lives right here in the Rose Bowl neighborhood has, has always been so generous to us. And, and he's actually given us his, uh, our, our legal counsel, which is uh, Diane Caffarata, and, and I know you know Diane well, and she's an absolute, absolute treasure and, and, a, and a star in, in the legal business, not just here in LA, but nationally. And you know, a lot of Legacy's progress is, is owed to the, the hard work and dedication that Diane has provided us through her, her research and, and her, her recommendations and perspective to help us get better legally and, and really you know, own, own the growth that we're, 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 uh, we're experiencing here. And so Quinn Emanuel means a lot to the Rose Bowl, and and I, I know it's a, it's a mutual appreciation through through what you just mentioned there. So thanks for bringing that up. No, my pleasure. And uh, Deaton, as always, it's uh, great to chat with you and look forward to seeing you soon. Um, and uh, appreciate having you on. So to all the listeners out there, this was episode six. Um, we'll be back next week with episode seven. And this was Jeremy Evans with Deaton Brazino on the uh, uh, Believe in Sports Law podcast uh, via the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.